For AL.com, I'm Ben Flanagan. This is Outbreak Alabama, stories from a pandemic. We're back with progress out of Tuscaloosa. I think the vast majority of people have practiced a lot of common sense, and that has paid off. And what we got to do is remain vigilant in the weeks and months ahead. Today we hear from Tuscaloosa Mayor Walt Maddox. As of Monday, February 15th, Tuscaloosa County has 23,505 COVID-19 cases with 391 deaths. According to the Alabama Department of Public Health, the COVID risk indicator lists Tuscaloosa County in the low-risk category. As of Monday, DCH Regional Medical Center in Tuscaloosa had 54 hospitalized COVID patients, compared to the 113 it had just two weeks ago. This is obviously thanks in part to the vaccines, but the rollout hasn't gone smoothly in Tuscaloosa or across Alabama. As of Friday, Alabama was dead last in the country in terms of vaccine doses given per capita. That includes both first and second doses. I spoke to Mayor Maddox about why the numbers are going down in Tuscaloosa, how he'd assess the vaccination rollout in his city, and how the city can better enforce COVID restrictions at bars, restaurants, and potential super spreaders like the national championship celebration on the Strip in January, which went viral. You pleaded with people not to celebrate the national championship win in person, and UA did the same. People did not listen. The Strip was covered up again in what could have been a major super spreader event. And I'm sure that that was a stressful day knowing that was a potential thing that could happen and and even likely outcome. What could the city have done differently maybe to, to stop that from happening? I don't know of anything we could have done differently to stop it from happening other than um, the university not having school fall within 36 hours of the game itself. And it's my understanding that they could not move from their, their end. So we knew it was mission impossible really from the very beginning, but that didn't mean we didn't try. Um, you know, we certainly did direct messaging. Um, athletics did direct messaging. The university did direct messaging. The city and the university worked, you know, hand in glove on this matter. But at the end of the day, um, your only option to prevent what happened was to be willing to put your officers in riot gear be willing to use a continuum of force that would have been very physical in nature. And I don't think those are the images nor the type of response we would want to have in our city. We certainly didn't do that this, this summer when we had marches regarding uh, the, the death of George Floyd and understandably the need for people to express their emotions and fears and concerns. And in this particular case, we had individuals who wanted to express their um, celebration of Alabama winning a national championship. Now, we estimate over 5,000 people were in, came into the Strip area. Uh, the maximum number of people that were in the establishments along the Strip would have been around 900. So to stop that type of, of humanity moving into one central area, um, it would have been very, very difficult, and quite frankly, I don't think it would have been practical nor reasonable for us, or UAPD, or ABC, who was also part of our team, to do that. Um, you know, uh, again, it's, it's easy for to play armchair quarterback, and a lot of times in this position, you have to make the best, worst decision. 
Um, what happened was certainly something that um, I, I wish did not take place. At the same time, I did not want to see us engage in the use of force in such a manner that would have truly, truly, not it wouldn't have made the situation better, frankly. It would have only made it worse. Well, and to be clear, Tuscaloosa has avoided a spike in connection with that celebration, correct? That's correct. And the university did, the university um, did a, made the very wise decision of going to virtual classes during that two week period, which we all had, you know, one of the things that we knew early on is that if we had what we anticipated with the win, uh, we knew we didn't, first of all, you, Let's get back to just staffing. Um, to prevent 6,000 people from converging on the spot, you're going to minimally need 500 law enforcement officers in riot gear with heavy equipment. We don't have that many officers at TPD, period, and you certainly don't have that to dedicate to one block. Um, so when we begin to see the crowds converging from outside the strip area, uh, we pull back, created a perimeter, let it go on for a little while, and then once the party, and you know, began to get a little bit on uh, to the edge, TPD, UAPD, and ABC did a great job of dispersing. I think the crowds began to converge around 10:40. The streets were clear at 12:02. Tuscaloosa's numbers are on the decline, thankfully, and I just wonder what do you attribute that to? Well, I think it's to several things. Uh, number one is that we were able to withstand the, um, really the brunt force of the Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, and post national championship celebration within DCH Regional Medical Center. And because they were able to not only treat the COVID patients, but to be able to treat them effectively, which allowed for a higher discharge rate, uh, that allowed the community to, in many ways, help contain the spread of the virus during that critical period. The second, and I think it's going to continue to probably be the most obvious um, answer, is the vaccinations themselves. As those numbers continue to increase, the less likely someone is um, is to contract coronavirus and end up in the hospital setting. Um, you know, we would all like to see the expedited um, the vaccines expedited into um, our region. But that being said. When the first rounds of vaccines occurred, they occurred in nursing home and extended living settings beyond our healthcare providers. And when nursing home, um, when patients from nursing homes were making up 20 to 25% of your patient load, getting those vaccinated was a huge step in, in putting us in the right direction. So I think it's a combination of, of those things. And ultimately, I think, um, you know, for the most part, we tend to highlight where there's instances where we see people not abiding by COVID-19. But I think the vast majority of people have practiced a lot of common sense, and that has paid off. And what we got to do is remain vigilant in the weeks and months ahead. How do you assess the rollout of the vaccine citywide, and, and how do you think the rollout could improve from now? Well, I think we're all disappointed that the vaccine uh, rollout, especially in the non-hospital setting, the hospitals uh, received their direct shipment from ADPH, and those are Pfizer. Then the Alabama Department of Public Health, as I understand it, then takes Moderna and divides it up by region. Um, uh, our region has not, in my opinion, uh, met 
what needed to happen here in Tuscaloosa County. But something remarkable happened along the way. Several weeks ago, uh, Judge Robertson, myself, DCH, the University of Alabama, the city of Northport, we came together to put together a mass vaccination clinic plan. And once we get the vaccine um, delivered, we will be able to stand up and be ready to go at a moment's notice. Um, all we lack is the vaccine, and that's that's outside the community's control. But the community's ready, and uh, we certainly are, are uh, awaiting the, the day where we get the green light. Um, I know ADPH has been under a lot of strain, um, and certainly we're 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 doing our best to support our state partners, but I I don't think it it would be I wouldn't be completely honest with you if I said I was satisfied. I don't I'm not, but that's where we are, and and we just we're ready as a community. I've learned in life, Ben, you control what you can control. We're ready at the local level, and when the vaccine is delivered, this community is going to come together and be ready to support the people of Tuscaloosa. Well, and we're also working on a piece about low percentages of police and firefighters getting vaccines in Alabama. What about vaccination rates among first responders here? Where does that stand in Tuscaloosa? It's ever increasing. I know our numbers have now above 50 percent, which I think is a a very positive thing. Um, So I, I think we'll just continue to see those numbers increase. I've said from the very beginning that as as the vaccine is rolled out and as there's more successes with it and people see that it, it's certainly not going to be detrimental, then I think you'd see more and more people um, enroll and become vaccinated. If you don't go to bars and restaurants in Tuscaloosa, then you can certainly see from their social media posts and elsewhere that some are packing out rooms right now, in many cases with patrons not wearing masks in close quarters. How are How is the city monitoring this, and how can the city better enforce COVID restrictions at places like this? Well, we continue to respond to um, situations on a complaint basis. Uh, but as we've said from the very beginning of this, when we adopted our mask ordinance in late June and it became effective in July, there's no... There's no amount of policing that can effectively enforce this. It's going to be up to uh, responsible citizens and responsible business owners to ensure compliance. If you or anyone you know is affected by coronavirus and want to share your story, please email bflanagan at al.com. That's B-F-L-A-N-A. G-A-N at AL.com. For all of our coverage on the outbreak and how it continues to impact Alabama, visit AL.com slash coronavirus. If you like the show, please rate us and write a review. Thanks for listening.